Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to episode 86. 86. Degenerates Clubhouse. And like, we actually went out and did something yesterday. Was it yes- yesterday or was it Friday? Friday. Friday. Today's Sunday. I just time traveled from Friday to today, so yeah. it seems like it's the same to me. Got it. Um, yeah, we went to, we went to a regional MMA promotion called Legacy Fighting Alliance, mm-hmm. and it was being hosted at the University of Denver, and I we got free tickets. Aaron, explain to the degenerates listening how we got said free tickets. You want the long version or the sort of long it's version? It's our podcast. Do whatever you want. Do it. the long version, do the long version. The, the the sort of long version was I I had had a MMA-based Instagram account, which gained tens of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of randomly making fight posters and stuff for fighters that the UFC wasn't promoting. And then when the UFC got bought by... Uh, William Morris endeavors, they actually started doing better in promotion. And I got tired of dealing with UFC fans because like, I've gotten legit death threats for, for some of the content I've put out because UFC fans are fucking insane. Yeah. But uh, so I hadn't posted anything for a long time. And uh, about, what was it, seven months ago, six months or not eight months ago, something like that, I just made a uh, a poster for a local you know, Colorado fighter that was going to fight an LFA posted on my channel uh, or my feed rather. And then like, you know, a week later I get a DM saying, uh, call me. I, we might have a, a work for you. And I'm like, who, what the fuck is this? And I look, I'm like, Oh, this is the president of LFA sliding into the DMS. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I called him and basically what they wanted me to do was just a lot of graphic design, busy work. Uh, Cause I guess they're, they're sort of, head graphic designer is getting really behind on stuff. So all the, the sort of annoying, like repetitive stuff that he doesn't want to do, that's what I get to do. Mm-hmm. But I also get free tickets. And uh, I think I was the only person in the entire arena that wasn't taking pictures of the fights or the cage. Like I was taking pictures of the the sort of like scrolling marquee because I'm like, ah, I did that graphic. That was me. I did it. And I was, I was very, very concerned on whether things were spelled incorrectly on that because I, I, I copied and pasted and I felt like somehow it was, I still might have spelled something incorrectly because I was doing those graphics two two days before and then there there you know that like one long ribbon like above where the concession stands were mm-hmm. that they they, <laughs> they emailed the day of the event like oh we forgot to tell you we need graphics for this too so I was doing that all the day of the event nobody spell checked or proofread that at all <laughs> So mm-hmm. I was just every time I glance over, I'm like, God, I hope there isn't, you know, like the person's name and then a bunch of random characters. But nobody, nobody was paying attention to any of that except for me. That was the, that was the highlight of the event for me. What about you? Well, I was gonna say so. So you, um, I would say like maybe a month ago, you're like, Hey, LFA's coming to Denver. You know, would you want to go if they gave us either discounted or free tickets? And I was like, Either way, I was like. I want to see like any live MMA, and and here in Colorado, I'm willing to go to whether it's UFC, LFA, smaller circuits, whatever. Like watching live MMA, I'm I'm all about. Even like I'd be down to go like check out like a jujitsu tournament or a wrestling tournament, smoker in someone's backyard. Sure, I don't give a fuck. 
And so when you said, hey, if we if I got discounted or free tickets, we will go like I'm 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 willing to pay full price. Turned out Aaron was like, holy shit, they hooked us up with these awesome seats. Mm-hmm. And he showed us he showed me the floor plan. I'm like, oh, from the floor plan, it still looks like from the floor plan, it looks like okay, they're they're good seats. But they're not like cage side. So I'm kind of thinking like, okay, they're going to be four seats. Awesome. Great. No big deal. We get there. We sit down. We're like literally at like on the aisle as the fighters are walking down to the cage. So anyone watching LFA live on Friday night probably saw you and me like as the fighters were walking down. Like that's how close we were to. Uh, who, who was it that you high-fived after they won? Um, the uh, Trey Waters. That was a good win too. Yeah, huh? yeah. He was not. He was not a. He was a Florida man. He was a Florida man. <laughs> Florida, was, Florida man with the late KO for a local Denver fighter. So so, L, so LFA made it like a point to make. Uh, I think there was a local guy or a Colorado guy on each fight, mm-hmm. um, and most of them from like Elevation, um, Factory X, a couple other gyms. One guy with uh, uh, Dwayne Ludwig Ludwig's camp. Seats were awesome. I. I forgot what you told me what, what those tickets values were, but I would have paid that. Like I would have paid that price if you said, "Hey, I can get us these tickets for two hundred bucks. You want to go to this event?" I'm like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" Especially, no, like we didn't know until we got there where we how close those seats were, and, and then like down down the same aisle from us, you noticed uh, another uh, MMA athlete that you had helped do some some uh, I, I had done, graphics for. I had done a poster for her. When she, for one of her Invicta fights, mm-hmm. before I did the the LFA poster that got me hired, and you know, so so I'm sure Invicta, you're probably listening too, guys. Hook a, hook a brother up. I'll 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 do. I, the funny thing is, Invicta actually has really good fight posters. Yeah. So I don't I don't really I'm not sure I would add too much to their their uh, repertoire, but yeah, no, I, I said I said hello. I was like, what's funny is Aaron was like, hey, I'm gonna go say hello to, and I couldn't really hear the name. He's like, I'm gonna go say. Or, or maybe it was when you came back, you're like, oh, I talked to da, 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 da. And I didn't exactly hear the name, but I assumed because the like in the general area where you were coming from, you had walked right by Lauren Murphy and Miranda Maverick, who are both UFC fighters. And I was like, oh, I thought Aaron meant he meant to talk. Like he was talking to one of them. Turns out he was talking to this former uh, Invicta fighter, which is kind of funny that he just happened to walk by. Um well, I was very, very focused on trying to like keep my neck in one yeah, position, yeah, yeah, yeah. like not like. So I wasn't really looking around when we were in our seats, and I only noticed uh, it was Claire Guthrie who's on this current season of The Ultimate Fighter, which is it, it's it's a, just a terrible, outdated uh, UFC reality show, basically. Yeah. But she's on it, and I, I noticed her because she and her boyfriend were sitting on like the very end. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming, you know, I, I'd gone up to the the like upper deck to, to go use the bathroom. So I saw her when I was coming back down because they were right in front of me. But I guess uh, Lauren Murphy, who, who's the other one you said? Miranda Maverick. They they were obscured by Claire Guthrie's boyfriend's giant head. He did have a pretty big head. <laughs> and he was calling out cornering advice. Was he? Yeah, that was him. There was because the the one the one fighter who who got KO'd by Florida man was I think a teammate of of hers. So he was. Is he, he a fighter? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he is. Does he train? I think he definitely trains. Oh, okay. Um, I was, it'd be kind of weird. It'd be kind of weird to be like a casual, like a non MMA guy, right? Like someone that doesn't train. No, he he definitely trains, but his cornering advice was a little bit weird. Where he's like, he was just like, stay in the clinch, and it's like. 
I, I guess. All right. Yeah. I, there, there's some some stuff. Where it was very very vague. It it was fun that we were close enough where you could call, call out corner advice oh, they could and hear. they could hear us. It was it was like as as close as we were. It was like the like I guess the the same kind of level of uh, intimacy you would get like in the Apex, the UFC Apex, where like you could hear hear everybody. Everyone that was close enough to the ring could hear what they were saying. Although there were way, way more people, and it got way louder. Oh, toward the end, yeah, for sure. I mean that 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 so that, that was the other thing for me, which which was uh, interesting. I had not been in that arena since 1999 during my recruiting trip, because uh, I I told you I think on the way over when I was looking at colleges, <laughs> the, the three I was I'd narrowed it down to were were UMass, mm-hmm. uh, which has had a D1 lacrosse program. University of Denver, which also had a D1 lacrosse program, and and Whittier, which, <laughs> which one's not like the other? <laughs> and I remember, uh, I'm on my recruiting trip. Like the first place they took me was Red Rocks, and they're like, "Look, it's it's an amphitheater." I was like, oh, "That's right. cool." Um, and I do I do remember walking to the bottom of it and then running to the top as fast as I could and being incredibly out of breath. Oh, dude, it's hard. <laughs> well, because I, you know, I was I, I hadn't acclimated at all. I was right from the, the East Coast, and uh, and then, but yeah, then they, they they took me on a, of course, as an athlete on a full tour of that that facility. I mean, it's like a really large uh, athletics facility that's got. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the highlights. This, again, this was 1999. A big ass. Well, there, yeah, there's an Olympic sized swimming pool where like the 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 length of the pool could change could change depending on the event. Like it had some sort of like movable back wall. Mm-hmm. They're very proud of that. There was a huge. There's a huge ass rock climbing wall in their um, like in their their uh, student workout facility, which at the you know being having been in Denver now I'm like yeah oh, whatever. There's a rock climbing yeah. wall. There's rock climbing walls in the 7-Elevens, like big yeah. deal. But at the time, I was like, "Oh my god, there's there's a rock climbing wall. That's cool." And uh, and yeah, I mean, I still remember that hockey arena because I, I think it seats like sixty five hundred people, something like that. Yeah, between six and seven thousand. And I'd I'd say there was probably at least three thousand plus there. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't completely filled. Yeah, I'd say generously it was like half filled at least. Um, it's a lot of people, though, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Again, I, it, was, it was a cool venue. I liked it. It was a cool venue. I I guess it was. I don't know if you want to call it an advantage or disadvantage, but I didn't know any of the the fighters that were fighting. Like I'd never heard of any of these. Guys. A lot of them were zero zero or zero mm-hmm. one one zero. That kind of, like like up and coming or or just guys that are turning from amateur to pro, making their pro debut. So it's, it's fun seeing people get yes. their first pro fight. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because then because you get to see these guys uh, at their I guess the rawest when they think they're ready to fight when they think they're they're ready to make the the big stage. There, there was one kid uh, who got his pro debut named Frankie Sanchez Jr. Yeah, I took a video of of him as he was walking down. And you could tell exactly where his mom was in the crowd. <laughs> he looked like he was 16 years old. Oh, he's so young. I, I mean, th- at the time we were like, oh, there's, there's a 14 year old fighting. That's, yeah, yeah. That's a little. No, we looked. I think he said he was 18, but still, he's a kid. Like he looks like a little kid, and. Uh, Going up and against, like, it was funny because the guy he was fighting was, like, he had, like, a full beard. He's maybe a little bit of, of hair, like, losing a little bit of hair, hairline receding. So, I was like, oh, shit, this 18-year-old kid's going to fight this old man <laughs> or older man. A guy, I'd say he's... He was younger than both of us, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the guy looked like he was in his late 30s. He, he, he was, I think he was mid-30s, but just 
a little, little, little rough living. But, uh, and yeah, dude, this kid just put it on. Well, it was a good fight. First round was a good fight. And then it kind of. It's, it's a fight that if we were watching that on television, we've been like, oh my God, they're both terrible. But yeah. getting to see it live, it just is a whole different vibe. Uh, I mean, there, there were a lot of, a lot of kind of rookie mistakes that, that Frankie was making, but yeah. it's like. That's that's the one thing though that I I remember even from wrestling and I think we were talking about that with the main event as well. It's like I think for some of those guys, like particularly like you know you got the bright lights on you, you're you're in this big venue. A lot of what you know goes out the window. Like I guarantee Frank, you know, that, that kid, and probably probably the the uh, fighter in the main event look way more polished when they're just in the gym working and everything. But you kind of revert back to what's comfortable. Yeah. When when the lights are on, so to speak. So we saw a lot of uh, high-profile people there. We saw uh, Neil Magny corner. I think two different fighters. S- saw Brandon Royval. Brandon Royval. Um, Dwayne, my Dwayne my training partner, not really. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Ludwig with one one fighter I, I, that I recall. What was the guy's name from uh, Factory X? He said Mark. Oh, the head. Well, the head coach was cornering all the Factory X fighters. Mark Montoya. Montoya. There you go. That guy. I've seen. I've seen that guy a number of times mm-hmm. in uh, UFC fights. I just never put. Never knew his name. I saw. We saw Lauren Murphy, Miranda Maverick, like we mentioned well, before. Well, you did it. <laughs> I saw. And then also, I. I. There was a guy in the in the audience. I had. It's like I know this guy. I've seen this guy in the the UFC. And I just couldn't put his name. I couldn't figure out his name. It turns out he was a former uh, Ultimate Fighter guy. I forget what season it was, but his name was Gilbert Smith. The black dude wore his glasses, and I'm sure there was other like like either former or current fighters that that uh, were recognizable. We we didn't walk the entire like the whatever the, the arena. So well, the the great thing that I'm realizing though is I think LFA has a comp section. Mm-hmm. So anytime that that somebody's going to get comped, they're going to get put where we're sitting. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, I'm assuming, like, Lauren Murphy and uh, Miranda Maverick and Claire Guthrie and all that, they probably were all comped. Yeah. So, like, if if we just can keep sitting in the comp section, like, we're going to be by all any of the, the fighters that show up. Yeah. You know, in an unofficial capacity. It was uh, the weirdest thing. The weirdest part for me was that, it, like, the event started at 5.30 on a Friday. So, like, I had to put in a full day of work. And it was like... Yeah, it was early, huh? Yeah, it was kind of early... And then, uh, yeah, it started early and ended at like 11, 11 o'clock-ish, give or take. So it was like a full I, – I, I, it was 12 cards, 12 fights, 13 Thir- fights? 13. Sure. And then, it was supposed to be 14. Yeah, I think there was a couple that got scratched. There was one that was a straw weight fight that never happened that uh, got scratched. And I, I know because they had me do so much promotional material. For the girls. B- because, yeah, I got an email saying like, we don't have anything for Jasmine Montoya. She's a – Star, all caps, star in Denver. Like, let's get something out because yeah. we didn't we didn't have a, a photo for her, her opponent, mm. and like I was trying to like search social media and, and Google and everything to see if I could find an image of that girl, and I couldn't find anything usable. But I saw one photo of of, <laughs> of I forget her opponent's name, like trying to stand in an athletic stance, like in like a square off, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a round one squash match. Yeah, um, it kind of felt like that, especially in the prelims, that like. The local guy was like, he was, the local guy was clearly better than yeah. the, their opponent. Like it was like, like feeding, feeding the local guys kind of thing. hundred percent. I mean, which is 
smart and good business, and that is kind of what you should be doing anyway. It changed up a little bit, though, for the main card, like the six-fight main uh-huh, card. Uh-huh. Like, it was a l- little more evenly matched on those main card fights. Well, well the, the, the main and co-main were not won by local fighters. Yeah. Uh, like we, like we said, I mean the the the, the Florida man fighter was losing, and he was like, what was he? He was like one seventy, and he was like six foot eleven. Yeah, he he stood he stood stood as tall as Neil Magny. And and yeah, he was going against a a, a wrestler, and then just kneed him in the head when well, the guy was standing straight up. The, re- the wrestler, um, I forget the wrestler's name, Spencer Ben, ben Bennett. Bennett Bennett. He kept he kept repeating the same kind of like what was working was like oh press him up against the cage. No real setup to to like to like a grapple position, well, especially as he got tired. Because like man, when you get tired, you just go right back to what you're yeah. comfortable with. And and, e- and even that guy uh, Waters, Trey Waters, was like he'd get pinned up against the fence, and he was like looking at the referee, like what do you want me to do? Like well, your job is to get away from that. Your job is not to let him do that. So he got like to the point where it was like repeat, rep- like it was predictable, and uh-huh. that's when Trey was like. Oh, I'm six foot nineteen feet tall. I'm just gonna pick my knee up real quickly and like just flash Kato, uh, uh, need him in the face as the guy was coming in for a takedown a- attempt. And uh, yeah, caught a knee in the face and got knocked out. He was like, "Yep, come from behind, win." And then yeah, and then in the main event, there was a Brazilian fighter who missed weight, but I I think was it maybe like ten or fifteen seconds into the fight, I turned to you and like. Oh, he's really good. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You said that, and then and then quickly after that, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! This guy's so he's like he's outmatched. He's not going to outclass this." Like we knew very early on before the fight even like managed. Some guys take a while to kind of like settle in, kind of like find their timing and that kind of thing. You knew right away that Stack, who was the local guy, um, was was like I thought he was outclassed, and it wasn't a weight thing. That even though his opponent, the Brazilian guy, uh, came in. Uh, five pounds over the weight limit. It was the second time he had missed weight in you know consecutive fights. So it was like uh, he could have been champion, even though he won. He wasn't crowned the champ. But uh, that, that 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 all that aside, the skill set was like, oh yeah, this guy, the Brazilian guy, is like like way better than than Stack. Stack's got nothing for him. So I guess I guess in summation, regional MMA is is actually kind of fun to watch in a it different is. way because I. At this point with UFC, like if it's just not like a really top tier fight, I don't care. But getting to see people at all different levels of progression is fun. Uh, be- being that that physically close to to the action just adds a whole new element. And there's just kind of a mixed bag where you're like, you don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, right? Like, like at the highest level, sometimes it becomes a little bit predictable. And and those fights, it was like, who knows? Who knows what what you're gonna get? Yeah. Outside of the fight spectacle, like the tables immediately surrounding <laughs> the the event were all. I imagine they were all like tables that the people, like the the higher level sponsors, like Nine Millimeter and uh, Brothers Barbecue and a couple other sponsors, like they were given tables to seat. I guess friends and family, um, you know, a, a cage side, and immediately in front of us was like. Was like uh, I guess I don't know if they were they were executives at least maybe the owners of Brothers Barbecue and they were like throwing out like barbecue sandwiches to the audience. <laughs> it was kind of kind of a weird promotion, but um, and then and then I imagine some of their employees were like sitting right in front of us, like Spanish speaking dudes, like dudes that were strictly Spanish speakers. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you guys are probably like the executive chefs for some of their 
restaurants is what I imagined. Oh, and, and they were like, they were like eating the food. And then like, I would see them like passing around a little vape pen. <laughs> These guys are just fucking getting stoned, like right next to their owners. It's kind of funny. Uh, and there was, there was one table with just a completely, completely obese gentleman oh. wearing a like fluorescent cutoff, uh, fluorescent t-shirt with cutoff sleeves. Mm-hmm. And like, when I was coming down uh, from using the bathroom, I saw this guy just like shoveling he, pulled, pulled pork into his mouth. E- easily, easily 500 pounds, maybe 600 pounds, I would say. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Maybe you did or didn't. But I think that guy is was sitting because he had only one leg. Like he had from like the knee down on one side, he had no leg. The diabetes got him. No, no. I My guess is, my guess, I don't know this, is that he may be a, a, a disabled veteran. Because they were they were promoting uh, the Wounded Warrior Project was another sponsor. So my guess is that this guy was like a uh, guest of Wounded Warrior. <laughs> so um, uh, that's my guess. Aaron, you could be right. The guy could have lost it to the Beatus. Who knows? One one or the other. Either he's a wounded vet that lost his leg in service, or you just ate too many chicken wings. Well, it's, it's funny now. Now I'm trying to find out uh, how much those VIP tables cost because. If I had, yeah, you, if, you, if I had refinished the LFA president's uh, kitchen like floor, we could have had one of those VIP it's, it's tables a, all to ourselves. It's such a weird barter. Like, hey, can you can you uh, finish my floor and I'll hook you up with a VIP table? If if I if you had if you had this the the, the technical know how, I mean, you do, but I'm saying like if you were like, hey, Armando, I just, I just don't. Want, I, I have the technical know how. I'm not 100 percent confident. That I wouldn't fuck it up because I yeah. haven't done that many times. I was gonna say if if you were like, hey Mondo, do you want to help me with some some labor work for a, a you know cage side table VIP table? I'd be like, hell fucking yeah! I would have all I dude I would have gotten on uh, it, my carpentry clothes and just said, let's go fucking do this shit. Gotten some free. The tickets we got though still were fucking awesome. I had zero complaints. Again, I would have paid for those seats knowing that we were sitting right there. It was like fuck. It was a it was a cool experience never sat that close to any uh, MMA or boxing or you know whatever uh, event um Gilbert Melendez we got to see him doing oh, yeah. a little he was there. chatting he's one of the uh commentators um I, I want to be a, I want to be the in cage uh interviewer cuz I I just realized it's the easiest job ever all you go is you go in and you write so you that was that was a really tough fight. You had some difficult moments. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, yeah. That's all you have to do. You just go in there and you're like, "How are you feeling?" And then you just let them talk. There's kind of like a simple five or six questions you can ask that are pretty universal, and they kind of get recycled over and over and over again. Every now and again, you sprinkle in a little thing, but uh, no. All in all, good event. I had a good time. Yeah, and there's another one in Vail, um, and uh, coming up in September. And so. I hope we go. Yeah, well, I I think I think so because there there was there was a veil card that around the same time last year, but I was like brand new. I just started working you for them. You want to ask? No, not at all. But yeah, it was it was to the point this time. Like the president of the company like texted me like, "Hey, do you have do you want comp tickets?" And uh and and I'd already I'd already emailed the the, uh, the lady that takes care of that. But I was like, "Oh, that's fucking cool." I'm, and then little did I know the reason. Why- <laughs> he wanted to reach out because like by the way i need you to do this all this fucking shit right now yeah for, for these graphics but it was it was fun um that was that was a good time i yep. hope i hope it was a small price to pay for the i i thought I, I had a good time it was it was a good event 
you know, I and, I only had two beers. If it had been a Saturday and I didn't, ha- I had to work Saturday, so I didn't want to get sloshy. But if I had to like not work the next morning, I would have fully gotten hammered. Well, well and and if you had to pick in terms of the fight, if there was like one like knockout of the whole night, what would it be for you? I Trey Waters. I like that. That one. I just like to come from behind. Um, you you liked it when the Florida man got to come from behind. Yeah. Wow. You walked. I set that up. You walked right into it. There, there's another Florida man that likes to come from behind. Yep. And sometimes from the front. Yep. Um, Mondo, what, what do we what do we have in uh, this week in Florida man? Florida man, woman performing oral sex on driver causes vehicle to crash into FedEx truck. Officials say, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Two people inside an SUV were discovered naked after a crash between the vehicle and a FedEx truck Thursday evening, and it's. What was going on inside that may have caused a collision, according to officials? At the time of the crash... Wait, the- wait so, so real quick. It, it, they crashed into a FedEx truck. Mm-hmm. What sort of truck would have been the funniest if they crashed into? Um, because I, I feel like UPS, if it had been a brown truck, it would have been a little bit funnier. Mm, I was going to say like like a, a hearse, like carrying a dead body or something. That would have been like fucked up, but that would have been kind of funny. Oh, they, so, so they crash into a funeral? Yeah. Oh my God, that's... Do they survive the funeral crash, mm. or or is it like super murder? They just they're like they you know die what? and they're two, like two, two for it. one. <laughs> you're already you're already halfway into the wow. back of the hearse. Let's just throw you in there. You just you just took that to a super dark place. Okay, so what actually happened uh, at the time of the crash? The woman inside the SUV was performing oral sex on the male driver, according to Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue, who responded to the scene. The crash happened in North Ocean Boulevard, blah, 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 blah. There were two people inside the FedEx truck, but their injuries were minor. The driver of the SUV sustained injuries to his private area due to what was going on at the time of the crash, according to FFLFR. It's unclear whether anyone will be charged in the crash. I mean, look, if she did not bite down full force, she deserves she deserves a sainthood. I know. If somehow she... I mean, how could you not? Like, that's your natural reaction, right? Like, yeah. you clench your teeth, so... I mean, I, I, I got a couple questions for you. Okay. <laughs> Number one, have you ever no. seen, oh, seen someone being getting getting roadhead? No. Okay, I have. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I was in San Diego with a coworker of mine, and we were just driving from customer to customer. And he looked because I'm driving, I'm focused on the road. He looks over and he notices like a woman's head resting on dude's crotch while the dude was driving and he's like Mondo look roadhead I'm like what I look over I'm like oh yeah she is giving him roadhead I think that's fucking awesome five stars for her good for you sir you found yourself wife material actually in a little bit of a callback remember I told you one of the schools I was looking at was was UMass Uh I this was the dumbest idea ever but in the fall like I I knew I didn't have that many time uh, that much time to take recruiting trips so I decided I was going to go from, what was it? I was going to go from, you know, my my home in Pennsylvania to visit this little college called Wheaton that I, I knew I wasn't going to go to, but the coach was really nice and kept asking me to come. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come for a visit. And I went from Wheaton and then I visited UMass and then I visited Colgate, which was like the richest, preppiest school I've ever seen in my life. And then I went back home and uh, I'm not going to lie, I, when, when I was, I, I went in the middle of the week at UMass, which was weird. I remember they were like, who comes in the middle of the week? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I, I met like a really hot college girl. Ooh. And then, you know, my, my little 18 year old self, like there, I'd, I'd, I'd had no masturbation time. Cause I was staying in all these 
dorm rooms. So I'm like driving from UMass to Colgate thinking about that hot college girl. And that was my first and only road wank. <gasps> you did a road wank? I did a road wank. While you were driving? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fucking crazy. I've not, never done not, that. Not just driving. Driving a stick shift. Was, oh, shit. So I you was, did two, double driving two stick shifts. Oh man, that's talent. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never, uh, I've never, I've never like had the. Like, it's not hmm. safe. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not safe. And definitely not driving. I don't know how to drive stick, but even just manual, I wouldn't like. No, it was a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did not crash. Uh, there, there was definitely an an added element of excitement as like cars would pass. Did, <laughs> like, oh. okay. so hold on, I gotta ask you when when you came when you came to a stop sign, did you like stop stroking? And then when it went go, did you continue stroking? Did you do that? That that would have been fu- no. I was on the highway. Uh. I, I would have really I. Th- <laughs> obey track traffic signs like 30 miles per hour you slow down you hit the highway at 65 you're like <laughs> I, I, I think i think i could have i think i could have done it seamlessly because i'm i'm a lefty mm. and you do the stick shift the the automotive stick shift with your right so i just had to do a little little with your knee n- yeah knee steering which that's it's, it would have been a tricky balancing act but um yeah that was that was one and only time i don't recommend it wow but uh and and I don't I don't I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember how the climax of that was, oh, but it was not nearly as bad as the the climax for our uh, Florida man and woman's. So I, how did this whole thing end? There are no windshield wipers on the inside of the of the. Uh, main oh, the oh, that was the end of the story. That was so it's just un, un, unclear. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was my second question that I had. Uh, have you ever received roadhead? No, like I said, that was the closest. Uh. That, that was the closest I, I was ever to Roadhead. I don't think I'd want to for that very I reason. I would. I would. I um, I was dating a gal in, in, when I was in Whittier, and um, I had like a class, uh, one of my business classes. Like we had like a field trip thing to an art museum, and on the way to the museum, you're driving from Whittier to the to the museum, and it's like a an hour and an hour and a half drive from from there, and um. You know, my my girlfriend at the time like went with me to this this class trip thing, and uh, she's on the phone with her friend, has her on speakerphone, and her friend's like, "Hey, you should give him Roadhead." And she looks at me like giggling, me, "Ha ha ha ha, Roadhead!" And, and you're like, "No, really." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, your friend's fucking cool. Like, yeah, you should listen to her." I didn't want I didn't want to be a dick, but I I would have fully accepted Road Beach if she had offered, but sadly I didn't press the issue, and that was the end of that. And that was the end of Florida Man. Moving on to the world of Ask Reddit. Reddit question number one, sir. Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest reason you were stopped by TSA? Let me go first because I don't really have a good answer. I know okay. you have a better answer. Yeah. My answer is I've never really been stopped by TSA, but I have been given. Your skin's not quite. Brown yeah, it's enough. like yeah. If it was an, <laughs> if it was any darker, if my my beard was a little thicker, a little more fuller, and if I wore a turban, I might get pulled over, stopped. But none of that happened. Uh, one time though, I did get flagged. Like they had me move to the side and like, sir, do you have another? Because I had one. You know, during this whole COVID thing, we have to wear fucking stupid face coverings when we get on the plane. And the face covering I had, um, I had two. I had like a, a neck gaiter and I also had a mask that had like a little filter accessory thing on the side. Mm-hmm. And apparently they don't want you to wear those filter accessory ones. as They don't ca- count those as valid whatever masks. So well, we, They're good for keeping you from contracting it. But the if, if like you were COVID positive and you breathed out, it just goes right out the filter. Whatever. It Whatever. Anyways, but I happen to have 
I happen to have another one of them fucking blue, like, hospital ones. So that's the only time that I've ever been, like, kind of flagged at the airport for anything, really. How many times have you flown? Uh, a lot. I mean, not a ton, but, I mean, when, like, when I worked for... Um, yeah, it's all been like work related stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there was there was, you know, flying to Chicago. I've done that like I think two or three different occasions flying to Chicago and back. Um I've flown to Texas and back a number of times there. Yeah, no, I I mean I've I, I've it's all been intra intra US. It's never been out of the States, but I've flown quite a bit. Oh, my mine was also intra US, so to speak. Um this this happened when I was in college, uh and you know, as, as I, I think, you know, like we've had to fly usually twice a year, sometimes three when we made the playoffs mm-hmm. for lacrosse. And those flights were always like butt crack early in the morning because they were just trying to get the cheapest fares possible. So they're usually at like five thirty, six in the morning. And then to get from Whittier, get a whole team from Whittier to the airport, checked in and actually on the plane by the time it was leaving. I mean, we, we would get up at like two thirty, three in yeah, the morning yeah, to leave. stupid early. Oh, ridiculously early. So I'm in line going through security, just exhausted, you know, barely awake. Pause that thought. Flash flash back to the previous summer. And uh, I was at a, a outdoor flea market called Zerns in Pennsylvania. Uh, actually with, with our, our mutual friend and acquaintance, Tori. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he took me out there. And like Zerns is like... <sighs> If there was like a flea market, like post-apocalypse, that, that would basically just look like Zerns. Just these like tightly cramped stalls with things in like weird bundles and there's smells where you're like, is that food? Is that body odor? I can't really tell. I mean, it was it was a, a, a strange place. And um, for, for some reason, you know, 18-year-old me was like, I, I, I need a huge-ass pocket knife. I still am, but it was even more of just like a, a you know, kind of teenage boy mentality of like, oh, I want a, I want a cool knife. And they had these huge ones that I'm mean, literally, they could have just come off the set of like Predator. Yeah. Um, when I was packing up to, to go to California, I'd always drive. And for some reason I stuck it in this like heavy leather jacket that I had, but never had any cause to wear in California because it was never cold enough. And this, this trip with the with the lacrosse team was the first time where I'm like, oh, it's it's gonna be really cold. I'll bring my leather jacket, and you know, stupid me at like two thirty in the morning grabs it. It was heavy enough where I didn't feel the extra weight of the pocket knife. So I'm just going through security with <laughs> with, with this jacket, and I just stick it through, uh, you know, like the the X-ray machine, not aware of anything. And here's the here's the other interesting fact, Mondo. This was like February. 2001. So this was TSA, but TSA had just been formed in November of 2000 because we were only months away from Mm 9-11. So like, it's not only that this is TSA, this is like TSA in like high alert. And, you know, I'm, I walk, you know, I'm going through security. My jacket goes to the X-ray machine and all of a sudden there's all this commotion (laughs) and like, all these like TSA people are like rushing over and like one of them just like yet forcibly like yanks me out of line. And now I'm like over kind of in the corner and there's like four or five of them like surrounding me. And my, my team is just, you know, filing through one by one, like looking over at me like, Oh no, what the fuck did Jaffe do? <laughs> and the, the head of the, of LAX security uh, comes over and he's like, son, do you know what you are and are not allowed to bring on an airplane? And I was like, uh, 
can't bring a, like a weapon of any kind. And he's like, yes, what would you call this? And he just pulls out like dramatic reveal, pulls the pocket knife. Uh, it wasn't even really a pocket knife. It was like a, like a hunting knife out of the leather jacket. I'm just like, Oh, Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> like, like, like I see like my, my, I'm, I'm never going to make it back to Whittier. I'm going to end up in TSA jail for the rest of my life. Like, and I'm like, fr- I'm frantically trying to explain like, no, no, like I'm part of this, this team and the East coast. And I didn't, I haven't worn that jacket since it was cold. And like, it's not really making any sense. And he just turns to one of my, my teammates who's walking by. And, uh, this, this was actually like another kid from, from, uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know if you ever met him. His name is Brian, like tall, blonde-haired kid. Maybe. And and uh, you know, I, I don't want to say anything disparaging about Brian, but when this this the head of security is like, "Do you know him?" He just like takes one look without missing a beat, goes no, and just keeps, <laughs> keeps walking like you motherfucker. And uh, you know, we were we were not friends after that. Yeah, but you're white, so you got away with it. They probably you know and exactly like the the adrenaline levels rose to enough where I like actually woke up and you know, I'm, I'm telling him like, like, no, like really, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I hadn't worn that jacket. He, he kind of gets it. Like he sees like, Oh yeah, you've got the same matching bag as the rest of them. Like, okay, this is just a fucking idiot. He's not a terrorist. Yeah. And exactly. They did let me go. Yeah. If, if, if Mondo, if it was you, I don't know if, no, hell no. I, I would have been in, the, I would have been incarcerated for sure. A hundred percent. And, and the, the quick epilogue to that story was years later, when uh, Brian broke up with his girlfriend and I, I briefly dated her, I didn't feel bad one bit. I was like, you had this coming, Brian. You tried to get me thrown in TSA jail. Some of the answers from Redditors. User character Succotash5 writes, when the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans first came out, they did some amazing merch for them. My stepdad is a huge Spidey fan, so I picked him up. The corniest Spider-Man film merch when in the U.S., one of those big, like, whirling cement truck things it was a big tonka size thing and the only bag it would fit in was my carry-on they stopped me and said is this a spider-man toy and i took it out and showed them they said it was the best thing they'd seen all day okay all right a big spider-man truck that was a longer explanation that's necessary you fucking dumb dumb user pample mouse writes I had a nutcracker in my carry-on, like a legit festive Christmas soldier nutcracker. It was a gift for my mom's birthday. She collects them. I was only flying in for two days for my grandma's funeral, so I didn't check any luggage. They stopped me and questioned me for 30 minutes, kept insinuating I was going to use it as a weapon. Hey, you know who else had a nutcracker? Mm. That, that Florida man in the last story. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, these guys all, uh, all like to write long-ass responses to the call. The last one I'll read, user Ailsar. A-E-L-S-A-R writes, glass jellyfish. Like those blown glass ones that are super cool at art galleries. I got pulled aside into a small room because they thought I was smuggling sea life. Was an interesting time. All right. That was it for Reddit question number uno. Wow. That, that would be, I mean, okay, here's a, here's a side question real quick. What's the, the, the worst thing you've ever smuggled in an airplane? Worst thing I've ever smuggled in an airplane. Hmm. I haven't done anything risky in an airplane that I can think of. I once thought about like taking weed, but like I was like, nah, I don't want to get caught. Da, da, da. I did. Yeah? Yep. Pretty. Weed. How'd you do it? Uh, intentionally or unintentionally? No, completely intentionally. Oh. It was because I, I, I like there, there were people on the East Coast that, that had, 
you know, like smoke me out when I was in high school mm-hmm. and I wanted to reciprocate. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I had weed I'd been given by a Whittier college football player in exchange for doing one of his art projects. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take this back. I mean, at this point I've already evaded TSA with a, a hunting knife and knock on a jail. So I'm like, I'm, bu- I'm bulletproof. They can't touch yeah, me. Yeah. And I just like, you know, those like big tubes of like M&Ms. Uh-huh. Like I like took the M&Ms out and I put the weed at the bottom and then put the M&Ms back over the top. I'm too much of a puss to try to get like shit behind like security. I remember once, um, again, this is also post 9-11. We were at the stratosphere in Las Vegas and we were trying to go up the tower thingy so we can do the tour and the roller coasters and all the bullshit that's on top of the tower. Mm-hmm. But again, post 9-11, they were even very, very cautious about like, like like uh you know checking for metals and doing yeah. the wand and all that bullshit and not knowing it i always i almost always carry a pocket knife in my pocket like almost always and we were just walking around vegas like nothing and then when they when they were like hey we're gonna go up this tower i'm like okay cool we were waiting in line I'm like oh shit and that's when i realized i have this fucking knife on me they're gonna catch me and i'm not supposed to have it so what i did is i went to like a restroom in the stratosphere Put it up your butt. No. Oh. I was very... St- <laughs> that would have been fucking worth All to go up and ride some fucking roller coaster, right? Worth it. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I very sneakily opened up one of like the um, the toilet paper dispenser fucking thingies, opened up the like lid to it, put the knife in there, closed the lid back up, and then went about my way, did the whole roller coaster, blah, 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 blah thing. Came back down, and later that evening, I went back and got my knife. It was what, nice. what would you have done if you went back down and it was gone? And there's just like blood all over the floor. <laughs> yeah, well, well, if there's blood all over the floor, I'm like, holy shit! There's probably fingerprints on that fucking knife. But no, I, I, I'm too much of a sissy to like try to get away with some some stuff like that. All right. Uh, Reddit question number two: College graduates of Reddit, what happened to that friend that never stopped partying? You know what? I, I will let you take this one and <laughs> no, chime in occasionally. No, 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 no. I want you to go. I want you because we might have different answers. No, you, you go first. We ha- <laughs> we might have different answers, dude. Well, because well, here's the thing. I haven't kept in touch with any of our college friends nearly as closely as you have. Um, God. I don't know. I, I think uh, we probably have we probably have at least three friends in our mutual circle that, like, maybe they don't party as hard as when we were still students, but they still party pretty hard. Like they didn't, they, like they didn't graduate. And we're like, okay, I'm done with this. Let's move on. Let's kind of grow up. It took them a little bit longer to grow out of that. Not to say that I'm Mr. Mature guy. I still get drunk too. Like I, you know, I, I have fun too. I'm not going to lie, but a couple, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to name, I'm going to put initials. <laughs> Cause if they listen, I don't want them to feel bad, but um, there's, uh, there's a E, Mm-hmm. Okay, there's uh, E-L, mm-hmm. and then there's surprising, maybe not surprising to you, but surprising to me, F-M. Okay. Do you know who those initials are, the last one? Uh, no, I'm not sure. He's, oh, yeah, 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 He's in your lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Like, after we had graduated, going and hanging out with these guys, and they still, you know, I forget who's... There's someone's bachelor party or something along the lines, and they all want to go to strip clubs. And and I've never, you know, to each their own, but I've never done the nose candy stuff. I've never done, like, Ugh. weed and alcohol for me, and that's always been it. You know, maybe mushrooms here and there. But these guys were, like, like still, again, this is, 
less than five years ago. So these guys are already in their mid to late thirties and, you know, doing lines of shit and drinking and all this stuff. And, you know, again, to each their own, it's just not my cup of tea, but, um, I guess, I guess, okay. If I was going to summarize it in college, there, there, at least some of that, it's like, ah, like it's fucking college. It's just being a little crazy, whatever. And then, from my perspective anyway, when I see that when people are in their mid thirties, I'm like, Oh, this is just kinda like sad now. Yeah. A little bit. Like I said, another I, I don't I I I'd be a hypocrite to say like, okay, once you're in your mid thirties, you shouldn't have fun, you shouldn't party, you shouldn't drink, do this and that and the other. Cause I still do that here and there, right? Like very rarely, but I still get out of control sometimes. But um to the to the degree where they do it like oh it's Tuesday or oh let's just you know it's a random day let's just fucking do it I'm gonna tell you one little story it's not little it's, I'm gonna try to make it as concise as possible when I lived in Bakersfield California uh-huh. one of those three fine gentlemen mm-hmm. uh, had had to move back in uh, with his mom to help him out and uh, he moved into Mojave this this the city or town of Mojave which is literally in the Mojave Desert. There's nothing around it for like maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Like it's in the drop dead middle of fucking BFE nowhere. Where I lived in Bakersfield, I was like the closest vicinity to him. And he was a quick 45 minute drive to me because from me to LA was another three hours or so, two and a half hours. So on occasion we'd hang out. I'd go out to hang out with him. He'd come out to Bakersfield, hang out with me. On one occasion he had planned a full weekend of shit. We went, he, and, and Thank he awesome for him like planning all these things and like events for us to do. We went fishing one morning and did this that and the other. But one night he wanted to go to strip club, and I I, I didn't. It's not like I had a lot of money, and he had like no money. So he's like, "Hey, Mondo, let's go to the strip club. Do you mind spotting me on all this stuff? I'll pay you back." I'm like, "Great, whatever." Like, sure. It's one of those things where like in my mind I write off like I'm gonna spend money. If I ever see it back, great. If I don't, whatever. It is what it is. We go to a strip club, and he's trying to get bottle service at one of these places. Mind you, I'm the oh, one paying for all this, oh, okay? I'm the one paying for yeah. this. So he's, like, trying to get bottle service, and he's talking to the bartender, trying to get a discount on the bottle service, okay? He's like, the bar- bartender's like, I'll tell you what. I will sell you this half bottle of alcohol. So it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a full bottle of alcohol. It's like, I will sell you this half bottle of alcohol for 50 bucks, and you get the VIP table treatment, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I'm on this. We should do it. We should do it. Normally, VIP tables are like 150 bucks. I'm like, whatever, sure. Just just to kind of have a good time with him. I, strip clubs aren't my thing. Like paying money to see naked chicks. Not my, I can go online and see naked chicks. It's not like, I guess I guess to some people, the, the fantasy in their mind that they can hook up with these chicks or get a BJ or Handy or whatever, like that's the excitement part. Like I don't, I'm like, eh, it's not for me, but we're there. He proceeds to get like like and I buy him like a laptop. I'm like, cool, whatever. Laptop. And then he comes back, he's like, hey dude, uh, can I borrow some more money to do get a couple more left? I'm like, dude, I, I think I let him get away with like one or two more. But again, mind me, I'm pay, I'm paying for all this shit. And I'm like, at a certain point, I'm like, no, dude, you're cut off. We're done. Like, we've had fun. Night's over. But uh I, I did hook up with the stripper at a strip club once. Oh yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Good for you. Not a, not on pur- I didn't that not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> was it a how did it happen so, so this this is how it happened we we were in ohio to to uh to play it was, it was again with this, there's a theme actually i'm saying you know with the lacrosse team and we for some reason we like we had a recruit like travel all the way from maryland to see us play in ohio and i found out he was staying in the same hotel 
And I was like, man, I haven't done shit in any of these recruiting trips. Like, I think they intentionally kept recruits away from me mm-hmm. the first three years. <laughs> like, he's going to wear them out. Um, and I was like, okay, this is my time to step up. And my my I, my mom was there to to visit us too, or not to visit us to watch us play. So I went and I got the the keys to her car, snatched up this recruit, and then like the the me the recruit, and then like two other guys from the team go to a strip club in Columbus, Ohio. Oh shit! And like somehow like I was I, I wasn't being me. I'm like I'm gonna like play act as like a really like cool yeah like I'm like a little out of character. I'm for like you. the F- Ferris Bueller of lacrosse <laughs> team now. Like that's my that's what I'm going the for. Van Wilder. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that was more Van Wilder. So and and somehow I managed to to pull this off where there was like a stripper where I was like I was like hey like I'm gonna give you forty dollars. I don't even want a lap dance. Like whenever you get a chance, just like come out and hang out at our table and I could really use a back massage because we just played a game and I'm sorry shit but like whenever you get a chance and then she just came and was like hanging out the whole time nice and then she's and she was like she's like yeah like I'll give you a massage and then maybe I could give you a lap dance after I was like uh that's not sure okay I'm <laughs> yeah and so so it's like yeah like we're like hanging out there's this little wide-eyed uh i don't know if he was 16 or 17 year old recruit. he's looking at you like oh my god these guys are cool and i was like i'm completely fooling because it's like me and the two other weirdest guys on the team on yeah. this adventure and we're like we're all kind of looking at each other. like i think i think we're fooling him he's buying it he's cool. <laughs> and there's just like this the stripper just like hanging out and she's just like telling me her life story like she had been uh she'd been in, engaged to one of the Pittsburgh Steelers and like <laughs> and like the the way he proposed to her was he took her out to like a like high school football field in the middle of the night and had her run a 40 a 40 yard dash yeah, yeah. and when she like ran it she she said she ran a 48 I don't yeah, really know fucking right but that's what she said and she's like she's like and I ran a 48 and he's like well I guess you're breeding stock and then proposed to her wow what a dick I mean that that's some Western Pennsylvania like redneck shit right there. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I believe, this sounds completely plausible. And then she had a kid with them, and of course, surprise, surprise, the, this this uh, blessed union did not last. And then she ended up you know stripping at this uh, Columbus hotel, and she's like telling me all this stuff, and I'm just like, what is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, so we go back to the you know the the like the the private area. And she's giving me a lap dance, and I'm just kind of sitting there. And then she starts like, just, like starts kissing me, and I'm like, um, and I'm like, uh, hey, what, what's, what was she doing? And she's like, oh, don't worry, like the bouncer's not going to see us. And I was like, uh, and because at this point, I mean, the, the, the fantasy is a little bit ruined because I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm special. Yeah. Maybe somehow I have a, a magnetism that I was previously unaware of. But probably not. <laughs> maybe I'm, she was impressed by your the size of your wallet. No, maybe I'm not the first guy that she's done this with. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know if I want to be hooking up with the stripper. In a, and then I was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. And and hey, hey, that was that was the second herpes bullet I dodged. Jesus. Woo. <laughs> Um, did you want to have any, did you have anything else to nah, add to that? I, I did, but you know what? We, that was a fun note. And the story I was going to tell is just really sad. Okay. So like, well, we can skip that. Uh, some of the users oh, on Reddit. I'll, I'll tell you after. Some of the users on Reddit, user low underscore corner. Because if you want to sign up for our Patreon that doesn't exist anymore, you can hear the story I'm going to tell Mondo off air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the user, whatever, whatever, um, says one's a doctor, one lives in a towable caravan. Oh, geez. <laughs> nice. User Amigo del Diablo 
writes, worked at a bar in college and friends worked at the other bars. So I knew a lot of people who drank a lot. Most went on to be in sales or some other job where interpersonal communication skills are more valued than raw academic skills. Some do very well. Okay. Uh, last one I will read. User Ripper4444 says, he became a math professor and when not teaching, he travels and has backed up, backpacked all over the world. Oh, okay. So it sounds like most of the... Uh, yeah, they seem, it sounds like they did okay. Yeah, we are... <laughs> Not so much as some of our friends. No. That's okay. Um, moving on from uh, Reddit, the world of binge and purge, where we discuss either a TV show or a movie. Aaron, Stranger Things season quattro. Yeah. So let me just preface this. I do have this little intro. Okay. And I, and I wrote it while walking over here. Okay. Like, you know, getting hissed at by geese while walking through the park and everything. And... Uh, Maybe not the most focused intro I've ever written for one of these. So so just just bear with me. Sure. But today, today, yes, we are indeed reviewing Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, now, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, it probably means you're homeschooled or haven't figured out how to steal a Netflix password yet. But to recap, it's basically the Goonies meets X-Files with an oozing drizzle of Stephen King. Yep. And uh, the only thing creepier than the supernatural monsters the protagonists in Hawkins, Indiana have to fight is the phrase... An oozing drizzle of Stephen King. <laughs> um, so, so just a little aside. I, I don't know if you were aware, but like Stephen King, you know, incredibly prolific author. Yeah. Uh, but there was a time where he had such a strong coke habit that he had to type with like gauze shoved up his nose because he just kept getting nosebleeds. Not unlike uh, Eleven, one of them. <laughs> I mean, she she was doing it because of her her psychic powers. He was doing it because he was just snorting mounds of cocaine and then trying to type, and he would keep bleeding on his typewriter. So he was, but that's kind of I feel like that's a cheat. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh wow, he writes so many books. Yeah, if you were snorting like a uh, uh, Scarface mound of cocaine, maybe you could write a book too. Yeah. One other thing, though, and this is, again, a little aside, I, there, there's always been like, oh, you were homeschooled joke, but I don't, I think, I think that joke might have to go the wayside. Like, we, at this point, like, would you homeschool your kids if you could? Well, with the shootings and shit, yeah. it's something worth considering. I, I get, well, we're not going to go too far into that, but I get scared about my niece and nephew, you know. For real, like, I, I, dude, if I was in high school right now, I might just be like, you know what? I'm going to check out. I, yeah. <laughs> fuck this place. Uh, mom and dad, I'm homeschooling myself. Can we go back to COVID learning where we do everything on Zoom, please? That'd be cool, you know. And and uh, yeah, so and and the bullying is just cyberbullying instead of uh, up front. And but season going back to Stranger Things, season four starts with the cast split up. Uh, Winona Ryder is on a side quest to break Fat Indiana Jones out of a Russian work camp. Dude, I love him. <laughs> I love Todd Top Hopper or whatever his name Hopper? is. Hopper, yeah. Um, but come on, he is fat Indiana Jones. He got a little heavier, a, a lot more. Yeah. A little bit. He was, he was always a, a little, a little, uh, of a thick boy. Yeah. And now he's a chunky boy. Oh yeah. 11 and Will are in California contending with high school bullies and the rest of the crew are back in Hawkins, Indiana doing really just everything important as it pertains to the plot. Mm-hmm. It is kind of weird, right? There's like, there, this, this is a, a theme through all the seasons where there, there's sort of usually three parallel plot lines running yeah and like this one there's one plot line that has everything to do with the actual show and then there's these two other sort of side plots that yeah maybe they will be connected we'll find out 
But you know, I do have to say, I think the most realistic part is that Eleven would get bullied by high school kids. I, and, I, and I was thinking about it. Even if they knew she had superpowers, I think they would still bully her. And this this is this is where uh, I get I get a little bit off the rails because I was trying to imagine that, and it's just like Eleven holding up her hand menacingly with a trickle of blood running down her nose, and the bullies are like, "Oh, I'm so scared! Like, what are you gonna do to us, Professor X?" Because you know she's like bald, <laughs> like Professor X. She's not bald, and she has long hair when she's in school. Yeah, but this is this is my fantasy oh, version okay, of the bullying. Okay, okay. And and then Will Byers would be like, um, aside from them. Uh, both having uh, short hair follicles. Professor X is more telepathic and she's really more telekinetic with the occasional ripping of the fabric of space time. I mean, we haven't really defined her power set in case we need to deus, deus ex machina our way out of something in the future. And then he looks at the camera breaking the fourth wall and says, I mean, how could we possibly be expected to handle a school when there's a D&D monster named Vecna on the loose? And then it goes, bound, bound, and like eerie synth music. Okay, that's what I, that's what I'm hoping happens in the second part. No, yeah. So you forgot to say that you forgot to mention that the the season four isn't the full season right now. They've only released the first seven Correct. episodes, and they're releasing uh, the next two episodes on July, which are, which are going to be like two hours long. Yeah, they're, they just just two movies basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. July first actually, they're, they're yeah. coming out pretty soon. But yeah, with all the '80s movie references, there I, have we had a Ferris Bueller reference? Or maybe with Steve. Yeah, there's been little, nothing big, but little bits and pieces. I, I want, I want a Ferris Bueller fourth wall break. Nah, do it. No, do it. No, not don't do it. That's for season five when they just get completely hacking. Don't corny. do it, Duffer Brothers. Don't fucking do you dare. There's gonna be one season that's just completely off the wall corny because, like, you know, there. there in 80s movie sequels, uh-huh. usually, like, the first one is a little bit more serious and, and grounded. Like, if you look at Rocky, like, it was a very, like, gritty, you know, portrayal of this, like, poor boxer. And he's living in a shitty, like, tiny little apartment. No one respects him, blah, blah, blah. And then, flash forward, like, he has, like, a robot manservant. And <laughs> it, gets, it gets really corny. But so 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 thus far, thus far, we've, we've had... Um, Four, four seasons, the fourth one not being completely finished, but how would you rank the seasons? What is what is your from your worst season so far? Um, I Can I start from the best one to the first one? The best one is going to be season one. That's my favorite season so far. And then I would say this current season is probably my second favorite mm-hmm. um, season. The second and third seasons, I forget exactly what, for, for for me, it's not even in close. It like the uh, the second season I thought was by far the worst. Was it? Which one was that? I'm I'm forgetting. So so the, the second season is where they they introduced uh, the new characters. There, there's the redhead girl and her like brother. Where they're Sadie. like, okay. well, Steve Harrington was like way too cool and likable. Like let's just have that character again, but with none of the the sort of positive qualities and just make a complete, complete douchebag asshole. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and the, and the girl, and then there's the, like the random episode where Eleven goes on a side quest to Chicago and she's like in a punk rock band slash, uh, Ocean's Eleven heist uh-huh. where you're, we're just like, what is, what is this? Like, what <laughs> that, that would have been one where if it was a, a weekly series where, you know, they were, um, releasing episodes once a week, people to fucking ride it. They're like, what is this crap? But I mean, cause it was streaming. You could just kind of get through that episode and keep going, but that. Yeah, season two was basically the same as season one, 
with some new characters that didn't really add anything, a weird side quest. And they were like, instead of having like one of the monster, let's have like 40 of them. And then there was... and Sam Is that Wy- the one with the little dog looking things? Yes. And Samwise Gamgee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> that, was, that was the second season. It was not great. No. Um, but... I thought I agree with you. I, for me, the the first season was like so new and inventive, and it 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 didn't. They were using the tropes of all these eighty movies, but somehow they did it without really feeling cliche. They weren't always as successful with that in in the following seasons. The the only to me the only negative of the first season was just like Winona Ryder being completely hysterical every five seconds. Yeah. So my son will get will like and and if you're if you heard me yelling to the mic and you're like, wow, that was really shrill and harsh. Yes. That was like every 10 seconds that Renona Ryder was on a screen in season one. Yeah. But, uh, so, so why let's go back to season four. Why do you have it as the second best season so far? <sighs> season one did a very good job of bringing back a lot of nostalgic moments and events that tied back to like real eighties movies and, and clothing and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I think they moved away from that a lot in season two and three they focused on other things going on and then in season four they're like oh no let's bring back all that kind of nostalgic feel in the characters in the plot line in the the setting the tape where it takes place like Mm -hmm. a bunch of shit that was like you mean soviet russia the Soviet Russia Cold War <laughs> scare stuff. That's that's nothing says eighties movies like so, uh, Soviet gulag. What was that, mo- what was that movie? Uh, Ruskies. You ever seen that movie? No. Ruskies. It was like a movie about like like American teen, like a group of like ten or so six to ten kids that were like they were going to be the ones to stop the communist oh, communist okay. invasion in Russia. It was it was a funny movie. I, I think they needed a training montage for Hopper in in Soviet Russia. To re- really yeah. just hit every trope they could have, but um, missed opportunity. It's all right, Duffer Brothers. You'll get them next time. Yeah, they did a lot of that. The 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 new characters they brought, but like the the new the brand spanking new characters yeah. they introduced in this season, all have like I wouldn't say flushed out um, backstories, but their personalities were like like they just they, stand they out. added they added they stand out so much. They're like, oh, this guy. Reminds me of this, 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 you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are so many cool things of the new characters. No, I, I like the new characters. Yeah. Whereas in the 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 season two and season three, the only new character I liked in those two seasons were was uh, Maury. I think that's his name, and, right? And Maury's in this season as well, which this season, not, now they're like, whatever Maury was, like they... He's he's a main cast yeah, member now. He, yes. Cool, because he was so good in season three mm-hmm. that how could you not yeah. give him a bigger role? For those of you that have watched previous Stranger Things... Maury's the the kind of like conspiracy theorist guy that's like like anti Russia and like the Russians are spying on us when like, he speaks Russian. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. and he, yeah, he's he's an investigative journalist slash private eye slash conspiracy theorist. A lot of com- a lot of comic comedy around his character. Um, well, but I mean, here's the other thing that I really like though. There was a a, a very sameness to the antagonist in the first three seasons. Right, like the first uh-huh. season, it was like okay, it's just kind of a you know in, inventive, but in some ways generic a monster. monster. Yeah. And then the second season, it's like, well, it's the same monster, but there's just more of them, and they're a little bit smaller. Yeah. And then the third season, they're like, well, we'll just make it way bigger. Yeah. And that, but so th- this, what they really did was they leaned into those sort of '80s, um, you know, humanoid monsters. I yeah. mean, they're like 
they're like, can we make Freddy Krueger and change him just enough where we're not going to get sued? So you mentioned Freddy Krueger, and mm-hmm. I didn't know this until after I read it, but apparently the guy that pay, that plays um, one of the psych patients, mm-hmm. um, the, one of the survivors of uh, uh, Vacker's Vecna, Vecna's well, one of the only the first guy to survive Vecna. Yes. Um, that was played by Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger. Oh, I didn't know that. That's sick. I didn't know that until after. I was like, oh, you mentioned Freddy Krueger. Yes. So so there's a lot of like Nightmare on Elm Street type of – you mentioned it too. There was like a lot of like Halloween slash Nightmare on Elm Street kind of vibe going on with the well, with the villain, with well, the with the hero. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean there in, in the 80s, there were that whole kind of – cast of you know there there's freddy krueger and leatherface and what was the one with the needles in his head needlehead pin pinhead, pinhead from hellraiser um yeah jason Voorhees, uh mike myers you know so so they kind of they combined a lot of those and then they they put that sort of supernatural stephen king drizzling yeah over on top no, and you know nothing ties things together like a Stephen King drizzling. Were, were there um, were there characters, specific characters that you really liked this season? I'm trying to think. Well, so, so are you talking about new characters, new, or- old, whatever? Just anything that developed with the characters. So there was the new character. Uh, they called him Eddie the Freak, or it was like Eddie Munson. I think uh-huh, was his, his name. name's Eddie Munson. But he yeah. was like so aggressively 80s just the way he looked yes and when i I just felt like i was like how did they time travel this guy out of an actual 80s movie without saying a whole lot aaron was like aaron was like there's a lot of like 80s whatever going on like the characters and i saw this character and right away he reminded me of like a young he kind of does look like a younger robert downey jr Mm -hmm. playing like the side character like the what was the movie um football with football movie Anyway, there's a football movie in the '80s where where uh, oh Johnny B. Good, where Robert Downey Jr. plays like the like the backup QB to the main character, and he's just like this fucking comic comic like kind of wily out there '80s. And, and there's a lot of characters like that, like where there's like a sidekick character in the '80s movies. He played the, this guy Eddie the Joseph Quinn, the actor's name that plays Eddie Munson. Such a phenomenal job, by far one of the my favorite new of the new characters. Was <laughs> just just funny. Even when you even when you think he's gonna take a dark turn, he's like he finds a way to make yeah. a comedy again. He he was great. I mean, and and long running, like my you know, and all the other seasons too. My my favorite characters are are always Dustin and Steve. Mm-hmm. And then when be, they became like an odd couple, yeah, that was it, yes, just peak. One of my 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 favorite turns that the show took. I wish there had been more of that. They did a little in bit this of season, it, this- but there was yeah. And then and then as far as the, the sort of you know new characters. There, there was a sequence where they, they, they drove to Utah to see uh, Dustin's girlfriend. Yeah, because they needed her, and it was actually kind of fun to see a little bit more of of, of her? Susie because she she had a a almost show stealing appearance in season three. Yeah, when they sing the uh, never ending Henry story song. I mean that that was one of the single greatest scenes to me in the, the whole freaking. Show. For sure, and, and it, there were some people that didn't like it. They thought it was too corny and hackneyed. And I'm like, guys, oh, dude, I loved it. If if you're that cynical where you can't enjoy this, just you 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 know you have to just go to therapy, ha- have that coal ripped out of your heart. I think that's part of the whole Stranger Things was you're supposed to feel like giddy and enthusiastic yeah. when something like that happens, and then you have people that are like so hard, like that's not 
that's not Stranger Things canon. That doesn't make sense. Oh. Well, they would that character wouldn't do that. Like shut the f- well, the whole so, idea. First of, of all, good. they would do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and two, I, I mean, I, that that scene, I was laughing so hard when I saw it the first time that yeah. I got lightheaded. And then yeah, we get to see a little bit more of Susie. And I'm like, that's ah, that's fun. I hope you know Susie was a, a fun character. The people she lives with, I'm like, what the fuck? Like she lives like in a weird. I was trying to figure <laughs> out if they were Mormon because you you kind of you kind of find out that she is really religious. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, she's religious. They're in Utah. Uh, I mean, Mormons are a little bit wacky, but I don't know if they're that wacky. Yeah. Not not quite in that same way. Uh, but I, that that was a, I, I enjoyed that part of the. The uh, side quest. I, I also really like the new new kid Argyle, like the like only guy that has a car. So he's like driving the kids around everywhere. Like I guess they had to introduce he's, a way for yeah, the, the kids, the stoner best friend. The kids have to get around somehow. They're yeah. like they're like you know high school freshmen. They they don't have they don't have permits to drive or whatever. So they have the one buddy that has a car, and it's like a pizza van, told stoner pizza van. Well, well, they they really didn't have to do that because. He's driving Jonathan around, and Jonathan has a car. They just make it broken down for some reason in the show. Yeah. And they do that because they're like, no, no, we need to have the stoner best friend. And you know what? It Was it unnecessary? Maybe. But was it an added addition? Uh, A welcomed addition, rather. For me, yeah. I I thought he was was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the the villains an interesting villain, a a different type of villain. You know, the the first uh, season they had the... The it wasn't the mind flare. The first season was Demogorgon. the Demogorgon, the where the fucking guy's face opens up into like the whatever. flower vagina face, flower vagina face guy. Season two, like Aaron mentioned earlier, was like all the little doggy. Yeah, they things. were instead of a Demogorgon, and they were demo dogs. They demo dogs. Them. Season three was the uh, the mind flare. Yeah, you know? and that was, that was a little different because they they did do. Uh, Initially, if, if you remember that season, they did some sort of like body snatcher possession thing yeah. where it was like possessing people. But then they just did like the giant monster at the end, yeah. which which felt very similar to the, the first two seasons. Just they're like, oh, we now we made it bigger. And then uh, this one, they have, like Aaron said, like a humanoid villain where he's like he he reminds me a, a lot of a lot of traits of like a Freddy Krueger. Like he comes he to ta- you. He talks to them. Yeah. Mondo, what is your worst fear? Yeah, and it's just Mondo, a, what is your fear? I don't have one. If he was gonna if he was gonna infiltrate your mind, Mondo, what would you see? Mm, what would I see? I don't know. A bunch of fat, gross old people shitting. I don't know. You you you're you're at a, a fraternity stag, except all the girls are just like seventy with like saggy boobs and they're forty pounds overweight. So I'm getting laid. And they're bro. like and they're like, Come on, Ram Mondo, we're gonna give you roadhead. And you know what? You'd be like, you'd thwart him because you'd be like, you know what? I'm on board for this. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Road, Roadhead, we're about to find out if it's better with dentures. But yeah, season four, part one. Mondo, do you see how I tied that back to the earlier thing? Well, I do, but it, very it, it, it worked. poorly. It, sure. it worked completely. Okay. It was seamless and no one felt that was a weird and clunky transition continue. Um, so they had, that was it for the first half, part one of Stranger Things season four. Great show. Um, I think last week we talked about how we were going to discuss upcoming shows for the summer, but because oh no, we'll do another. Yeah, we're running episode. a little longer than than uh, usual here. But uh, um, do you have anything else you want to add? Nah, you know we we covered all the extracurriculars up top, so yeah, I'm good. Uh, uh, thank you guys for listening and watching us. If you're watching us on the YouTube's or the Twitch, we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you guys in the week. Bye bye.
Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 